We've been diving into the scripture found in Matthew chapter 6. And uh, we've been talking about the Lord's Prayer and what that means for our lives. And, and, uh, and just what does it mean in regards to the way that we should pray. And last week, last week we talked about one of the most simplest concepts or one of the simplest um, uh, things described in Scripture, but yet one of the most difficult, right? We talked about forgiveness, right? Forgiveness is simple to understand. It's just very difficult, right? It's like when somebody comes up to me and says, oh, Carlos, you want to lose weight? Well, that's easy. Just sleep well, eat well, and work out. Well, thank you, Captain Obvious. I appreciate that whistle. It's like revelation. Thank you, right? It's very simple, but all that is very hard. Anybody with me? Right? So forgiveness is a simple thing to understand, but it's not always easy to practice, right? It's difficult for all. True forgiveness will be difficult because it involves an offense and so forth. And um, so anyways, I know that I covered a lot in that moment and that there may be some particular uh, um, issues that you're dealing with that you'd like to have some further counsel on the issue of forgiveness. I love to talk to you. I love to set up a time to just hang out and maybe talk about that particular issue that you're dealing with. But um, uh, I'd, love, I'd love to continue to expound on that if, if you need. So I wanted to go ahead today. I just felt like, like um, I needed to move forward with the, with the word that God put in my heart for today. Um, and so we're going to do that. But I'd love to continue to talk about it uh, with you individually if you need to hear me talk about it a bit more or if you want to dialogue about it. Just a couple of things that I want to remind you. We talked about forgiveness. Number one, uh, in order to forgive first, we have to admit that we can be offended and that we can be offensive. Remember that, right? Being offended doesn't mean that we're immature. It just means that we're human. Anybody with me? Still with me, right? We can be offended. And sometimes as Christians, we think that being offended doesn't please God. Well, the reality is everybody will be offended at one point. Even God is offended, and he dealt with offense, right? So we have to learn to admit that that's not a sign of immaturity. That's just a sign of being human, right? Secondly, we can be offensive. I know you don't believe it. But we also have the, the possibility, the capability of being offensive. And we have to be willing to admit both of those realities. Third, uh, I want to just share this with you. Forgiving is not forgetting. Forgiving is not forgetting. You're not God. God forgets. You cannot. Right? I shared with you my high school ID number, 480-280-656. I can't forget that thing. Even my life depended on me. It's engraved in my mind. And it's totally insignificant. If I can't forget that, some things that my heart felt, my soul felt, I'm not going to forget those things, but I can't forgive. Forgiving is not forgetting. Third, uh, fourth, forgiving is not remembering without the pain. I want to remind you of that. Forgiving is not remembering without the pain. A lot of times I preach. Well, forgiving is when you get to the point where you remember, but you don't feel hurt. That's not true. That's healing. There's a difference between healing and forgiveness, Right? forgiveness is choosing to obey God, even when I'm hurt, choosing to forgive, right? And then what happens is like I sign a waiver and I say, Master Surgeon, I give you permission to operate in my heart. I forgive this person and the Holy Spirit basically hears, oh, he's given me permission to work there. And the Holy Spirit begins the healing process, right? And then, you know, at first I may not have that peace or that joy of forgiving, right? I may forgive like this, I I forgive him. I forgive him, right? But step by step, as I allow the Holy Spirit to work in me, I will have healing and I will have the Lord work in my life. You know, it's sometimes those things, the healing of God is not overnight. I want to be healed, 
overnight. But sometimes some processes are long. So I just want to remind you of that. We've talked about prayer, and two things we have to remember about prayer is that prayer, when we talk about prayer, it's not just about the words we say, it's about a lifestyle. When Jesus taught us to pray, he didn't only give us a template of the things that we should pray or be concerned about. He gave us a template of the way that we should do life. Our Father who art in heaven, you are God and you're above everything. I have to recognize that as I do life. Hallowed be your name. I should worship your name and look to your, for your name to be exalted in everything that I do. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know what, God? I, I have a tendency, God, to take care of my agenda before I take care of yours. But I'm going to pray for your agenda so that it rearranges my heart to please you. I'm going to live my life that, day, that way. Uh, give us this day our daily bread. You're my provider, not what I do and not my talents. God, you provide, and I'm going to remember that as I do life right? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. God, I want to treat others as you've treated me and walk in forgiveness. And so those are the things that we've learned. And, and secondly, we said this, prayer is not about the right words. Prayer is about the right heart. Okay? Prayer is not about the right words. It's about the right heart. Praise God. He, we memorize scripture and it gives us power in prayer, right? It's good to know the scriptures, but prayer is never about the right words. It's about a heart submitted to God. A heart that wants to please the Lord. And so we're going to move on. And we're going to read the scripture that are found in Matthew chapter 6. As we pay close attention to verse 13, which is, says this. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Matthew chapter 6 reads this way, verse 7 on down. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins or our trespasses or our debts as we forgive our debtors or those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And uh, the King James Version would read, For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And then, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now let's focus on 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father, would you give us wisdom and revelation here? We would understand all that this means. Thank you for the, your anointing to give us discernment as we dive into this. Thank you for your anointing to declare and receive your, your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, we're going to kind of have a little bit of a devotional time or prayer time as we go through some of these points. But I want to say this, as we look at those, that one verse, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I want you to know that those two states, the word of God always is revelatory and revolutionary. In other words, the word of God reveals the truth of the matter about something or someone. And the word of God, when received, causes a revolution in our lives. And I believe that this is very true about this statement. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, I want you to notice what this prayer reveals. Number one, this prayer reveals something about who God is. 
And though I didn't talk to the worship team who, uh, who was here today and led us in worship, and they sang about how mighty and how awesome God is, right? This is the truth about our God. Our God is strong and mighty. Okay? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil means that God has the power. Do you notice that? God has the power. Help me with this real quick, Brother Martin. And so we're going to talk about, for just a little bit, we're going to, maybe up here, we're going to talk for just a little bit about evil and about the power of the enemy. And we may talk a little bit about ourselves and all that, but I want you to know, I want you to know something about God. He is mighty and strong, and he should be the focus. And I've said this before, but I want to illustrate it today. Touch this cloth. Doesn't that that feel good? It's like a really nice black velvet. What happened was, what had happened was, I went to the jewelry, and I saw this ring that I wanted to buy for my wife. It was beautiful. But then I touched the velvet, and I was like, you know what? I don't need the ring. Just give me the velvet. I'll I'll pay $2,000 for this. Do you believe I did that? No, not at all, because the velvet only was so that we can see the diamond in the midst, right? God is the focus of all Scripture, not the demon and the evil and the darkness. Are you with me? It seems like there's Christians that are caught up talking about demons and darkness and this and that and the Spirit. All that exists, but God has the power over those things. God shines over that darkness. I want, I want to remind you of that, and I want you to focus on that. And when you hear brothers and sisters who are a little bit too caught up in, in the darkness, remind them, greater is he that lives in me than him that lives in the world. That doesn't mean that we don't recognize that we have a real formidable enemy. It just means that we recognize that even our enemy is submitted to God. Amen. Are you with me? The first thing it reveals about God is that God is strong and mighty. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that great? We serve an awesome God. Anybody excited about that? The second thing that, amen, amen. The second thing it reveals is about who God is in our lives and what he does. Number one, he guides and delivers us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And we're going to pray for a little bit. Our Lord is our guide. And he's a good one, isn't he? Listen to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not want or be in need. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me to a place where I'm nurtured and sustained. He leads me beside still waters. Whenever the Lord leads me, I sense the peace of God. He restores my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Wait a minute. The sheep never walks away from the shepherd. So if he's still following the shepherd, it means that sometimes we have to walk through some valleys. Can I get a witness? But even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Hmm. He is so good. Isn't he good? Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet. I want you to pay attention to this. If it's a lamp to my feet, it means that he gives me light just one step at a time. And I'm going through some seasons where that's just what I need. One step at a time. Don't make me look ahead of that. Because I may not be godly. But I'm just going to take one step at a time. He is a lamp to my feet. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So not only do you give me wisdom for day by day, 
but you give me vision for life. That even though things look tough, I know that you have a plan for me, a hope and a future. Isn't he good? Isn't he good? Right now, let's just take the time to thank God for being a good shepherd. Would somebody right now just lift up your voice and say, thank you, Lord, for taking good care. Would somebody lead us in prayer? Just someone right now, just lead us in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Yes. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for being a good leader. When I led my life, I ended up in a mess. Thank you that I can trust you even when things don't look like they're working out for me. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Matt. Thank you for doing that for us. This prayer also reveals another reality. God is not only a good guide, right? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But God is our deliverer. He delivers us. If we need deliverance, it means that there are some strongholds. If we need deliverance, It means that we go through some dark places that we cannot set ourselves free from. Listen to this incredible psalm about the deliverance of God. Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps over you, Israel, will never slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Man, that's a good word. Everybody with me? Our God is our deliverer. And, and, and we need to realize that this is painting a picture of who God is, but it's also painting the picture of what we need. We need deliverance. We need the grace of God to deliver us out of dark places emotionally, spiritually, and circumstantially. And sometimes all three, all at the same time. But always, we need God to be our deliverer. Has anybody known God as deliverer this morning? Anybody thankful that our God is deliverer this morning? Praise God. Brother Mo, would you lead us in prayer and thank God for being a deliverer? Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes. Yes, God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, brother. This scripture reveals who God is, strong and mighty. And not only reveals what God does in our lives, he leads us and delivers us, but it also shows the reality about us. 
lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And it shows this reality, the reality of the flesh. We can be tempted. And we can be deceived into going into evil. You understand that? Now, I want you to know something. I got to say this disclaimer because somebody said, you know, I'm not coming to church, Pastor, because he talked too much about brokenness. And we are mighty and strong in the Lord. And I want to say something that those things don't have to contradict themselves. I know that I belong to the Lord. I know that he's my father. I know that I am an overcomer in Christ. Yet at the same time, I know that I have this flesh that I still got to deal with on a daily basis. My acknowledgement of who I am in Christ doesn't make me forget the battle that I'm dealing with here on earth, right? So when I talk of brokenness, I'm not saying that this is the way that we need to view ourselves. We need to view ourselves in the eyes of God uh, or, or in the way that God views us. But we have to be aware of the flesh, lest we think we stand and then we fall. Reality is, is that we're broken. We're made in the image of God, yes, but we're broken. So I'm going to take this mirror, right? If I take this mirror, I can see myself, right? It may be an ugly truth, but I can certainly see myself, right? If I take this mirror and I put it down and I begin to crack it. Whoa, that was a little bit louder than I expected. I mean, I I planned that just like that. (laughs) If I crack it, that mirror is completely destroyed, right? It's broken. But if I take this mirror and I take one piece, I look at it, I can still see a reflection. And so is humanity. We're broken, but we still reflect the image of God. Does that make sense today? We're broken, but we can still see the reflection that we're made in His image. Now, praise God, I can't fix this. I can't fix this, but God can. I cannot fix my brokenness, but God can. Are you with me? Now, listen, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Paints a reality, I believe, that we, gives us clarity about who we are. Who are we? We are broken people. We're frail. There is a reality in us that can fall, and we need to continue to depend on God to be our deliverer. We need to continue to depend on God to give us our strength. We need to continue to keep our eyes on God so that we can move forward, lest we, st- we think we stand and then we fall. That's not a verdict against you. That's just acknowledgement. There are places that we cannot go to. There are things that we cannot deal with. And we come to Christ and we say, God, strengthen us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, now that we got that all straightened away, so I think, let's talk about the prayer itself. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Why is the scripture teaching us to pray this way? Why is the Lord asking us to ask him not to, not to be led into temptation? And why is he saying that we should pray this way, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil? I think that we need to be aware that this is speaking about, number one, the reality of having an attitude of humility. God, I know that I'm able to be overcome. But I think we also have to be aware of temptation and what the scriptures teach us about temptation. Now we're going to read that number one. If you go to James chapter one, where does temptation come from? Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. In other words, God does not tempt. 
For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So what tempts us? Our own flesh, our evil desire. So temptation doesn't come from God. But certainly it comes from us. The Bible says, Jeremiah 17, verse 9, our hearts are deceitful and who can cure it? Who can understand it, right? Temptation comes from us. We are tempted by desires that live in us, but God does lead us at times to places of testing. Okay, now I want you to follow with me. We are tested typically in the places where we're tempted. Are you with me? If it's a test, it's probably going to include something I'm tempted in. And my temptation comes from the evil desires that live in me. Are you with me? So when this person, when Jesus is teaching us to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, what he's actually saying, and you would read commentaries that affirm this reality, is, Lord, do not lead me to that place where I'm tempted, to the place that I will be overcome. It's not actually saying, God, take every test and trial away from me, because the reality is is that tests and trials are good for us. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. Tests and trials are good for us because they show us the things that we need to deal with and they help us to keep our eyes focused on God. Amen? Tests and trials are good for, for us and typically we're tested in places where we're tempted. Listen to this, Matthew chapter 4, before this scripture, Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit fell on him, God the Father spoke, that's the most glorious scene, right? Jesus is there being baptized, God moved in such power, he declared his word and the Holy Spirit ascended on Jesus as a dove, and, and immediately afterwards, what does the Bible say in Matthew, say in Matthew 4 verse 1? Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Who led Jesus? The Holy Spirit. Where? and to a place of testing. We need to be aware of that. Because sometimes we're rebuking the devil when God has a plan in the midst of the wilderness. I want you to love me, so I'm going to move on. <laughs> sometimes we're rebuking the devil when God has a plan in the midst of the wilderness. So our prayer should be as the old song, O oh Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary just for you. So when we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, Charles Purgeon would word it this way. He says, it's not that we're saying, God, don't let us be tested, but oh God, uh, if we're tempted, don't let us be succumbed by the temptation. Don't put us in a place where we will be overcome by that deal. But if we have to be tested, if we have to go to that place, deliver us from the evil in the midst of the temptation and the trial. Okay? Now, I want you to be aware of this, and I want, you, I want to just paint this picture uh, of humility that I think is perfect. During the time where Christianity was being persecuted uh, by, by, the, by the, uh, the English world, during the time where the, the Bible was translated into many different languages, there were two saints who were about to die. And one saint was crying out, Oh God, I don't know that I can stand the testing of being burned by fire. Oh God, I don't know that I can do this. I don't want to deny you, but I don't think I have the strength. Please, please. While another brother was sitting next to him saying, What's wrong with you? Where's your faith? Where is your faith? What, why are you so perplexed? Don't you trust God? Don't you trust God? And he would beg, Oh, please pray for me that I would trust God in that time. Please. Oh, strengthen me. Oh, God, strengthen me. Please pray for me. And the brother said, No, just have faith. 
and had this attitude of just have faith. Well, when the time came for both of them to die, it was the one who was begging God for strength and mercy. It was the one who knew his frailty who was able to overcome, while the other one that wasn't aware of his frailty was the one that did not overcome. So I want you to understand what I'm saying here. Sometimes what we think is faith is just arrogance and an inability to recognize our weakness. I'm going to repeat that again. Sometimes what we think is faith could just be arrogance and an inability to recognize our weakness. Are you with me? Be careful. Be careful lest you think you stand, lest we fall. Now, let me say this in regards to this. God doesn't give us more than we can bear in him, but he does give us more than we can bear outside of him. Some people say, well, God says he's not going to give you more than what I can handle. Well, actually, he's going to give you more than what you can handle in your own strength because he wants you to learn to depend on his strength. (laughs) Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Submitting to God, God not only... Not only are you under the presence of God, but God-abiding presence comes in. Then you can resist the devil. Then he will flee. So God will give you more than you can handle in your own flesh. And praise God for that, because that way we learn to be dependent on him. And then the second portion, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But deliver us from evil. Some translations would say, but deliver us from the evil one. And I think that's even more appropriate because evil is not just an essence. Evil is not just an atmosphere. Evil is derivative of Satan himself, the enemy of God. Evil is derivative of anything outside of the will of God, right? What is evil? Anything outside of obedience and the will of God is evil. And evil, according to the word, is is a dominion and an authority and a kingdom of darkness. And I want you to understand something about your enemy. Your enemy is strong. Your enemy is capable. The devil does have a level of authority given, to, given by God. Have you not read Job and how God, the, the devil himself actually appeared before God in his presence and said, well, of course, of course Job praises you. Take these blessings from him and let's see how he praises you. Well, of course he blesses you. You know, let me touch his body and let's see if he blesses you. Did God give the enemy authority to do those things? He did. So the enemy does have authority. The word says that the enemy is a roaring lion seeking to see who he can devour. And I've heard it said before, he's a roaring lion, but he has no teeth. And I have to disagree strongly with that. He is a roaring lion, and he has teeth. That's why Peter is telling us, be sober, be alert, be aware. If he had no teeth, how come so many people of God are falling away? Are you with me? We have to be aware that he's a real enemy. And by the way, he only has one plan, kill, kill, steal, destroy. He's not going to be like, well, he's sinning for now. Let me just back away. He wants to take advantage of every sinful behavior that we have that we're not submitting to God to kill, steal, or destroy us. Our enemy is for real. The deal is, is that God has power over our enemy. But it doesn't mean that we're going to ignore the reality that he is an enemy and he's capable. Are you with me? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. He is our lead. He is our guide. 
He is the good shepherd. He, he, he paints a picture of who we are. We're frail. We need to understand the reality of the flesh and submit that to God and submit it to the cross. And he also lets us know evil is real. The enemy is real, but he's overcome the darkness. How do we overcome the darkness? By submitting to him. By submitting to him. And we have victory in him. Now, I, re- I heard something that I want to share with you. I may have shared before. I think it's just so, such a powerful illustration of Jesus. The Bible in Ephesians says this, Jesus leads captivity captive. And the whole picture of Jesus leading captivity captive is as if there was a mighty warrior who's riding a stallion, a horse. And as he's riding a stallion, a, ho- a horse, there are, there are kings and authorities that he's dragging behind him. Imagine Jesus riding this horse and all these principalities and all of the enemy and all of the darkness are being dragged by him as people are celebrating that Jesus is conquered. Okay, I want you to get this gruesome picture. This is a picture for men. Are you with me, Braveheart? You ready? You guys with me? I don't don't know. It's not convincing. So just picture Jesus riding this horse and his enemies that are defeated, he leads captive. Back in the days in warfare, when a king would overcome another king, that king would drag his enemy so that the whole town and the whole country and the whole region would see, I've overcome this enemy. This whole picture of Jesus overcoming the enemy and leading captivity captive is this imagery that Paul wants to drive on the church. Jesus is riding this horse. He's victorious, and he's dragging his enemies. And what are the enemies? Condemnation, lust, depravity. What have you? The things that bind men. But I want you to know this. As Jesus is leading captivity captive, and he has victory over the darkness, those darkness still have a level of authority. Right? They still have a level of authority. And we can jump right on that bandwagon and be led away into perdition. Does that make sense? Instead, let's focus on Jesus. Let's humbly come before him and say, Oh God, Oh God, lead us not into temptation. Don't lead us into this place where we're tested to the point of not being able to overcome. But if you lead us into places of testing, deliver us from the evil and the temptation. Amen. Would you stand with me today? We're living... We're living in times, church, where we have to be aware that there is evil. We're not just dealing with a government. We're not just dealing with our issues or our families. We're, not just, we're dealing with a spirit in this world. And how can we overcome an enemy we're not even aware of? Right? We need to be, be aware of those realities. That sometimes the arguments at home, they're not just arguments that we're having because... We don't agree. Sometimes those may be driven by a spiritual warfare that we have to address. We need to be aware of those things and ask God to give us a sermon so that we can stand in the gap, believe him to give us power to overcome and address those enemies that stand against us. Lord, today we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Oh, today, God, we thank you that you are our deliverer, that you're mighty and strong that you've overcome the enemy and he's under your feet. And Lord, I want to thank you right now that you have the power to deliver and to lead us in path of righteousness. And Lord, we trust that even when you lead us into the wilderness, 
that you have a plan for us so we will keep our eyes on you. Thank you, God, for also opening our eyes to the reality that we are human, that we are human, and that we're in need of you. We're in need of your grace. Remind us of that no matter how long we've been serving you. We still need your awesome grace. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, I want to make an altar call. As you're praying with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you can just for a moment. Maybe you're here and you're saying, Pastor, I'm going through some serious testing. Some serious trials in my life right now. A serious darkness. Uh, Would you pray for me? I want to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. Right now, this is a, a moment of the valley. And I, I, I don't want to take matters into my own hands. I want to trust the Lord. If that's you, would you raise your hand right where you're at? Yes, God. Yes, God. Lord, do you see those hands? You see those hands? So many people are going through a really difficult time. Father, I pray that your presence will be there. Give them strength and wisdom to overcome. Oh, Lord God, give them the wisdom, the wisdom that they need and to trust you, Lord God. Oh God, dress them with humility. Dress them with meekness. Give them ears to hear. And Lord, thank you for bringing their deliverance. Thank you for bringing their deliverance. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, as we talked today, we said that God is our peace. He leads us into joy. He leads us into, into what we need. He nurtures us and takes care of us. If you're here and you're saying, you know what, I, I am in need of the guidance of God that way. I've been, ruining, uh, I've been ruling my life and ruining my life. Today I want to surrender my life to God and say to Him, be my shepherd. Be my shepherd. If that's you today, would you come up to the altar? Would you come to the altar right now and meet me here? I'll be here. I love to pray with you. I love to pray with you and welcome you to know this shepherd. Amen. Amen. Come on, brother. You're here today. You're saying, I'm tired of this. I want to give my life to God. I want the Lord to be my shepherd. Would you come up to the altar right now? Maybe you've been in church a long time, but you realize today he hasn't been Lord. You want to say, I want to give my life to him. Would you come to the altar right now? We love to pray with you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Know that he is your deliverer and he has power over darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's have a good day. We'll be praying here.